Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, J-Mac and Jordan. On today's episode, we got a good episode um, out li- lined up for you guys today. Uh, we're going to be going over five-plus Denver Broncos players who are under immense pressure in this uh, week, week uh, preseason week two against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, which players, which starters, backups, are under the most pressure to perform at a high level this week um, because they are battling for roster spots or potentially – looking to uh, be subbed out by other players and lose their starting job. So uh, before we go ahead and jump into this very fun episode for today, J-Mac Jordan, how you guys doing? Doing good, man. Um, just been catching up on, like, just watching all the games and stuff like that. But other than that, I've been good, man. Doing good, too. Can't wait to name out some guys. we got some interesting guys uh, to talk about. Yes, sir. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump straight into it without further ado. Um, number one, who I think got a lot, a lot of, um, you know, controversy, not even controversy, just critique over social media the past week. Um, we definitely uh, let him hear it a little bit on the pod. Uh, his number one left tackle, Garrett Bowles, who didn't have his best showing during the first preseason week. And, you know, like I said, it's just the uh, it's just the opening uh, week of preseason coming off that uh, fracture leg. Um, he's fully healthy now. So today, Technically, there are not any excuses, but, you know, J-Mac did bring up about the field and the terrible field, potentially having a little bit of, you know, added fear playing on that, you know, non-contact injuries happening on that field in State Farm Stadium. Um, Garrett Bowles, he's going to have to step up this week. Um, I obviously a lot of eyes are going to be on him, so that just adds the most pressure. I feel like he's the most pressure Bronco this week uh, to perform at a high level because a lot of eyes are going to be on him. And number two, I thought about this a lot yesterday. I genuinely think that Sean Pay will not hesitate to make Cam Fleming the week one starter. If he if he struggles this upcoming week and he just doesn't look good in camp as well, and then maybe I, I don't think – yeah, they're not expected to play the starters um, in the third um, – in the third preseason game against the Rams. Um, I don't think they'll hesitate at all to make Cam Fleming the starter and uh, bench Garrett Bowles. What, what do you guys think about Garrett Bowles and the pressures he's under He's under this Saturday? I mean, he, he's under a great deal of pressure. Um, I don't think – I mean, it's one game on a bad field. I, I get where everybody's coming from, but, I mean, he didn't look good at all. I mean, at the end of the day, you're getting beat by the Cardinals' second team and third team. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it didn't look good. I mean, most of the offensive line didn't look good in general, so I don't think he's the only one that's under a lot of pressure. I think it's kind of Sean Payton. He he got some stuff to, uh, to figure out for sure. Um, but I think this week we got to see more out of him, and he's going up against San Francisco. So whatever reps he get in against those starters, you're going to really see how bad – either how bad it is or, man, we kind of just kind of, you know, forced it a little bit after one game. But I'm hoping it's that we forced it after one game because – if he go out there and do that same stuff against San Francisco, I feel bad for Russ and the day he about to have. So, yeah, we're we're gonna tell how he's gonna look because the the Niners have some good depth on that line. So we signed Cam Fleming to we resigned him for a reason. I think this was one of the main reasons why. Again, I think Sean Payne will pull the plug if he does not have another good showcase. Cam Fleming is a viable option at left tackle. Uh, he's reliable as well, so I wouldn't be mad at that. But yeah, Garrett Bowles needs to have a good game. He just has to. Yeah, we we discussed, uh, you know, the contract that they gave Cam Fleming. It, it was definitely a, a little bit of a pricey one, around four, a little over four million north of it. So um, they're not just giving him four million to be a backup. They're he's a, a legitimate insurance option uh, for Garrett Bowles, and then um, Mike McGlinchey over at right tackle. 
let's go ahead and talk about our next player, uh, Isaiah Prince. Um, we talked about Cam Fleming stepping in for Garrett Bowles if he does, um, you know, continue with his subpar play. If Cam Fleming stepping at left tackle, they're going to need someone to step in at right tackle. If uh, Mike McGlinchey, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, is expected to be play week one, but his knee sprain, they're going to need someone to step in, you know, a few reps. It's not it's not like uh, McGlinchey's going to be playing the entire game with that knee. So Isaiah Prince, he's going to be under a lot of pressure this, uh, this Saturday, in my opinion, because if he doesn't play too well, the Broncos may just have to look after the game for uh, some more depth at tackle. Yeah, Isaiah Prince. Um, like I said, the, the whole offensive line didn't play good, um, but I think he didn't. Didn't he get a false start or holding? Wasn't he something, the one? Yes, yeah, he did have yeah, a penalty. Um, yes. Yeah, so that definitely put some eyes on him in a bad way. Um, I think. I mean, he's gonna be. If, if I'm right, he's gonna be going up against Nick Bosa for the first like possession or so. Lord have mercy. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. I feel like, it, I mean, you know, it's a, it's going to be very tough, but we'll see how he does against, you know, one-on-one matchups or if they decide to double him or whatever, the, whatever, they, whatever they decide to do, we're going to have to see how that's going to be. But that's obviously huge. Something that Sean Payton's got to think about because if he's not nine times out of 10, I'm going to lie. He might not be ready. Like if, like if, if McGlinchey isn't ready for the start of the season, cause remember it's not four preseason games. I think you got a week in between, but I mean, it's going to be tough for him to come back off a knee sprain in two, three weeks. Like that's, it's going to be really rough. So if Isaiah Prince doesn't really do too much this game, Sean Payton got to go out and get somebody immediately, like quickly before the season starts, because you don't want to go in there without a plan at right tackle going out there with somebody who, you know, the office line already, I mean, cause the worst thing that can happen is both of your tackles is question marks going into the season. That's the worst thing you can have, especially for an offense. So, Yeah, Isaiah Prince actually had two flags uh, called on him. Uh, one of them was declined, and one of them was a pre-snap penalty. And, you know, Sean Payton has emphasized <laughs> discipline and all that. So Isaiah Prince also needs to have a really good game on Saturday. Sean Payton will not tolerate any of that, and we already know – if uh, you're one of the guys that's getting pre-snap penalties and getting called for holdings and stuff like that, uh, that leash is going to be cut short. So, yeah, Isaiah Prince needs to have a good game alongside uh, Garrett Bowles. Yeah, I'm looking at the available right tackles right now, and it does not look too pretty. I mean, you have Mike Remmers, who's 40, 34 years old. Um, you have Marcus Cannon, who's 35 years old. Um, Jawan James is never coming back to Denver. So uh, that's there's literally only four available free agents right now. So it's looking rough, man. Isaiah Prince, he's actually under a lot of pressure. He's got he's to play some good ball. Um, it, he, he definitely has to have a good game on Saturday. Also, though, a, a, a lot of guys might – might get cut so it should be yeah, like, there is roster cuts yeah yeah roster cuts so it's gonna be some guys opening up but i mean like you're gonna see guys get cut maybe after the second game like after the second wave of games play yeah. that's when guys you, you're gonna see the roster start trimming down a little bit um so it's gonna be more options but i mean this late it, it's already late man like it's real late so isaiah prince better step it up because if he doesn't broncos are in trouble for the start yeah. of the season man I agree. Yeah, I think I think they have to cut down to like seventy five or something, something like that. Like they they don't cut they don't cut down just from uh, ninety to fifty three. They gotta hit like yeah. a certain limit after week two. So um, I think it's around seventy five, something like that. But yeah, yeah right. there's gonna be a lot of cuts. Um, 
And so I think that's kind of like a reason why Isaiah Prince is actually like the the backup tackle right now is because they haven't had many other options to go off of. Um, and right now under Isaiah Prince, it's literally Isaiah Pacheski and um, Demontre Jacobs, both rookie undrafted uh, tackles. So Broncos are in a very tough situation with their depth at tackle, in my opinion. Yeah, I was just – I mean, we man, all I got to say is I'm hoping Isaiah Prince can step up. But this is the wrong – it's kind of like he's going to have to play a lot of the game because this is a very tough team, a very tough first team, very tough second team. It's going to be tough, so we'll see for sure how, like, it's going to be if we got to go with him in the season or not. And everybody just calm down for a second because Sean Payton will not go into the season with this man starting if he goes out there and shits the bucket. He yeah. will not be the starter. It's not going to be a Hackett or uh Vance Joseph or Van Gio where, you know, we're going to tough it out with this guy. You know what I'm saying? He's our guy. No, hell no. Sean Payton will get rid of him quick. Yeah, these players will be held accountable. <laughs> That's one thing you know with Sean Payton. Yeah, like. Um, so we had uh, we went over both tackles on both sides of the ball um, at left and right. And so now I want to go over to the special teams. Um, we got news right before the uh, the episode uh, started that the Broncos are, uh, in fact, waving uh, Elliot Fry after uh, his one of t- one out of two performance. Uh, but more so, uh, he got injured. Uh, he, he tweaked um, something. I think it was his hip or something, something like that. Um, so he is on the day to day injury report. But uh, the Broncos did, in fact, move on from Elliot Fry. They could bring him back. It's not entirely likely, but I'm not too sure on that situation. But Brett Maher is the only kicker on the roster right now. So um, after going 0 of 2 against the Cardinals, their field was a little torn up, and that could have been an indicator of kickers having a little bit of trouble. Uh, Matt Prater even missed a kick in that game as well. So that field you saw how torn up it was. Can't yeah, can't make a little bit um, you know easier on the kickers by any means. But um, he definitely did not play good. Uh, he did get a kick blocked as well though. Um, not too sure how much that trajectory, uh, you know, is blamed on him, but um, he's going to need to prove himself. In my opinion, we were talking about this before the show. In my opinion, Ali Fry getting uh, cut is just more pressure to uh, Brad Meyer. He's going to be the starting kicker this week. He gets all the kicks, all the extra points. Um, he's going to have all the eyes eyes on him on Broncos country. Uh, and then obviously everybody watching the game as well. Like, can he be the franchise kicker for the Broncos? Can he replace Brandon McManus? And can he prove himself, um, you know, on a proper field uh, in San Francisco um, that he can actually make these kicks and be, uh, you know, a legitimate kicker for us? So um, whether or not he plays good this week will determine if the Broncos have to go out and, uh, and look at some of these roster cuts to add to the kicking competition. Yeah, um, Brad Maher, you know, I kind of predicted he should like that he was going to win the competition, even though he was he was, you know, losing it because he went over two and then another one got blocked. So it's not really a good look. Um, but yeah, he's got a lot of pressure on him because if he goes out there and does the same exact thing that he does, he's going to be cut tomorrow morning or whatever next morning, you know what I mean, like the, the next day. He's going to be he's not going to be on the team. Um, but again, Broncos are just in another tough position, I think. Because now you got to go out there. I mean, guys got to go out there and prove it, man. Brett Maher, I mean, Elliot Fry did win it, but now he's hurt. Now Brett Maher's got to step up. I think he can. I think it made – I don't know, man. It's just That guy seems to be the most unluckiest kicker. Like, it just seems like every – it's just like luck with him is terrible. But, I mean, I got faith. Maybe, you know, he'll go out there and shock everybody and make some kicks. Yeah, you guys said it best. Uh, I would also expand on – 
There's a uh, reporter from New Orleans, uh, Jeff Duncan, who tweeted uh, yesterday to not be surprised if Sean Payne makes a run at Blake Grope, the uh, kicker from the Saints that just had a good game. That's a viable option as well, depending on how that situation goes in New Orleans. So if Brett Maher does not step it up and make some kicks and be consistent, that's one of the guys to look out for. Jeff Duncan is really connected with Sean Payton. So that's one of the guys to look out for, especially if the situation with Brett Maher does not work out. Yeah, it's been a while since the Broncos have been in a situation like this. I'm, we're just so used to having the same kicker year after year. This is just so weird to me that we're looking at all these other young guys and just testing that, bringing, constantly bringing in guys. Like we had Randy Bullock at one point come in. Then Elliot Fry, I thought he had a solid offseason. He only missed that one kick in, um, in the preseason game. He nailed the 55-yarder. And then in camp, I don't think he missed like any kicks. So it's pretty interesting uh, how they're they're going about this. But um, like I said from the beginning, I did prefer Brett Maher. But if they can find someone that's more accurate, and let's say Maher just looks really good out there this week, maybe it was a, a factor of the field from that Cardinals game, or maybe it was just the, the you know uh, first game with your, your new team jitters and what all that. Um, maybe we'll see actually my hair turn out to be the week one starter. Um, but I, I do trust Sean Payne to get this right. My, uh, Mike Westhoff as well. Um, a lot of experience with special teams. Uh, they, they, they know what they're doing. So um, J-Mac, would you like to uh, go ahead and give us our next Denver Bronco who is under um, some serious pressure this Saturday? Yeah, I mean, for me, I had to go Tremont Smith. I mean, it's everybody who watched the last episode knows how I feel about it. Um, I think that Hopefully we can see him utilizing some type of special teams, but I honestly doubt it. It's going to be just that corner, and I think he's on a very tight leash. I think that if he doesn't show a good performance, I think he won't make it to the 53 cut. I don't think it'll be – I think he'll be one of the guys cut from 100 to – or whatever, 90 to 75. I don't know, man. I mean, he played it, – it was so bad the last game. Like, I – I felt kind of bad after what I said about him on the podcast. I felt bad because I'm like, he probably, I'm like, man, like I went on Twitter. I mean, the people are texting me like, who's that number 23 guy? I mean, he, he sold all the game. I'm like, man, Jesus. Um, but I, I, I do hope he goes out there and plays good because I really did like the signing. But if he's not going to be using any type of special teams, I don't know if he's going to make this team, but. I think he definitely got to step up this week, definitely. Especially, I mean, he's going to be playing, like, this, the third stringer, four stringers. I mean, come on, man. Like, and you're, you're a veteran corner. Like, come on, man. I mean, I agree as well, especially looking at his contract and how it breaks down. Yeah. the We're going to be eating more dead cap than his cap hit if we let him go this year. Because after the following year, that's when we can save some money on him. So, yeah, this – Preseason game and even the one against the Rams, very important for Tremont Smith. Needs to pick it up. We cannot have money like this uh, like go away to waste, I would say. I know it seems harsh, but we can be using these resources towards another backup tackle yeah. or backup defensive line and stuff like that. So Tremont Smith needs to make the most out of it. Yeah, so I did the math last night, and the Broncos would actually only lose 700k in cap space if they did move on from him. But at the same time, they'd give it; they did give him a two and a half million guaranteed. So it's that is that's like essentially going down the drain in terms of what you yeah. gave him. So that'll be a total of like 3.2 million that you wasted on him just for one offseason if you do move on from him. So that would be pretty. That would be pretty rough. 
Um, I say just stick it out with him this year. Just like Jordan said, the ne the next feasible like um, you know time of moving on from him is next off season, where you can actually save some cap space by moving on um, in terms of what his dead cap is. So, it I would just say stick it out with him this year. It's not like I mean, to be fair, if, if guys do get injured, then yeah, you will have to turn to him. Um, I'm just, I'm just really pushing for him to play good these last two weeks. I, I really like the guy. He's, a, he's a good person. Um, he's had some really killer one-on-ones in camp. I would like to see it in game. Um, so uh, let's go and see what we get out of him this week. But yeah, in terms of this list, he is under some pretty immense pressure, especially after you know what J Max said. A lot of people uh, were asking who number twenty three is, and now that they know, uh, they're going to have their eyes on him quite a bit. Um, and just regardless of his name, they're going to be watching at number twenty three yeah. uh, as soon as he gets in the game. So um, I just wish they would give him some reps at returner. It would it would make up for it just a little bit, but it they don't have a vision for him there apparently. So. Um, I mean, you could. I, I think you could have at least like a co-starting returner yeah. position with him and Mims at the same time. Like, he, and he could be a mentor to him. But that's not what they want to do, I guess. I uh, think. So, I yeah, know. I think if you were to start him, he probably could be the best returner on the team. I mean, I felt like that's why they paid him the money to bring him in. But I mean, it is what it is. I don't know the vision there, but I mean, we've already talked about that. I, I, I I'm just still confused about it, especially with our history of our wide receivers getting hurt. We don't want Marvin Mims to get banged up just with a punt return or a kick return. Yeah. So you can, you know, mitigate that with Tremont Smith back there a bit, especially that he's known for, you know, special teams work. So, yeah, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how he plays uh, Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Um he is the uh, wide receiver three, um, you know, equal, opposite to uh, Brandon Johnson. Uh, he'll be backing up, um, I believe, uh, Jerry Judy or Corlin Sutton, one of those two, or Jerry Judy, yeah. Um, and so then Marvin, and then Brandon Johnson will be on the opposite end at wide receiver three. So you can't have him getting uh, banged up too much. Um, but moving on, um, I believe Jordan has a specific Broncos quarterback under some serious pressure uh, this weekend. I think everyone can agree, not only here, but in Broncos country, Jarrett Stidham needs to pick it up. He's under a lot of pressure, especially for that backup quarterback spot. I was one of the guys that actually liked the signing when Champagne signed him, especially Champagne was raving about him as well. He, to say lightly, did not have a great uh, showing against the Cardinals, and he really needs to pick it up. Jarrett Stidham played well during the regular season last year with the Raiders. He had some good throws. He had some good moments. I know he can be a reliable backup, he needs to show it. He hasn't showed it since. Training camp, he has been a bit inconsistent with reports. Some people say he's been good. Other people say that he's been shaky. Nonetheless, Ben DiNucci has been a lot better so far than Jared Stidham, and Jared Stidham needs to pick it up and uh, be that reliable backup quarterback that we got him for. Yeah, I mean, right now, I think DiNucci, if the season were to start today, might be the quarterback too. I mean, everybody talked about how smart Jared Stidham was and how he's the perfect film guy and, you know, he knows how to prepare and he knows all this and all that. But at the end of the day, you want to be on – you know, you want to be the quarterback too. You got to go out there and you have to perform well. I mean, you can know all the defenses, but if you're not executing it, it's really no point. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But he's under tremendous pressure, in my opinion, because, I mean, quarterback two is very important. Like, if you don't have a, a, at least some type of solid backup quarterback, man, if Russ, if Russ were to go down, it's a disaster. Like, I mean, you know, Sean Payton, you know, he's used to, you know, bringing in kind of backup quarterbacks and using them to the best, getting the best out of them that you can. But right now we're just looking, I don't know, man, the depth, the depth right now, especially on offense, is looking mighty thin. But um, right now, if, if I have to say, I, I think Danucci might be named quarterback two going into the season. I mean, Stidham did not look good by any means necessary on any, like, he just didn't look good. I think they're going to side with that that contract that they gave him and just give the QB2 to Stidham. But it does depend, like, if he's going to be really bad these next two weeks. Because obviously <laughs> him and Danucci will still be battling uh, the next two weeks. But I think it's, re- it's really Stidham's job to lose. And yeah. I, th- I, think he, uh, he, I think he did have a much better camp. Um, and so I, I want to talk a little bit about what J-Mac said uh, with him, you know, the, being that guy that studied uh, – D- being studying defenses, being the really smart guy in the room, being the guy that's always prepared. I think it's that was really overhyped and it just never really like made sense. This idea that people said he was smarter than they were trying to make it seem like he was smarter than Russ. It was the weirdest stuff. I, Russ is a much smarter quarterback than Stidham. He's a much harder work. He has much hard, uh, better work ethic. He, he's just a much, a much better when it comes to preparing for the game. I don't know where this idea really came from. Um, I think people were kind of trying to twist a little bit of what uh, Sean Pay was saying. Uh, I think he was really just trying to back up that signing. But at the end of the day, people took it as like, yeah, Stidham is has that like Tom Brady type preparation for the game and um, you know IQ. Of, I, I understand he has pretty he has high football IQ I guess to a certain extent in some areas um he gets the ball really quickly which I really do appreciate about him um last week was not definitely uh good for him in that aspect but in camp I I thought he looked really really well but at the same time we've talked about this many times who was going up against the Broncos starters like they weren't putting Stidham in the backups against the Broncos starters. They weren't doing like a mixture of like how I've kind of seen seen in recent Broncos camps with uh, Vic Fangio. But um, I don't know. That always just seemed a little overhyped in my opinion. But I'm still like okay with Stidham being the QB two. I'm not really panicking or anything. Uh, but I will say that uh, Ben Nucci has been a pleasant surprise to me. Like he, I was not very enthused by that signing when we got him. Um, I always thought the Broncos would kind of just cut him and find a vet. Uh, and free agency, but he's been a pleasant surprise to me, honestly. Like I'm comfortable with him Gamer. and him like coming in and just like uh making plays for the Broncos in the regular season, honestly. Yeah, he's a gamer. He's just a guy that I mean he knows there's no pressure on him. He's gotta go out there and make plays to the best he can. And that's what he's probably gonna keep doing. But I feel I, I, I just I don't know. I I just think Stidham, man, I think you're right, it is his job to lose, but I just think I just think that if Danucci keep playing the way he is, man, I think Sean Payton's got to give him quarterback too. You got to. I will say I I'm hoping this is just one of those starts that you could just push away. Jerry Stidham was with uh, Belichick. Belichick obviously did his homework on him, and then now he's with Payton. So those are two high-profile head coaches that kind of you know they know what they're doing. So I'm not in full panic mode right now with Jerry Stidham, but. He needs to pick it up. The plain and simply just needs to pick it up. Not full panic mode yet, but I, I'm still leaning towards Stidham QB two, and I'm hopefully he can get over that hump. 
Yeah, he is under some uh, big pressure to kind of prove himself in that contract as well. Two years, ten million. So he's got to just do better than just five of 15, 50 yards in a pick. So um, to be fair, though, thankfully we're we're get, at least we're getting this out in the preseason. At least he's not Russ gets injured and he comes in as going five of fifteen and uh, you know a playoff you know implication uh, game. So um, I'm I'm glad this is at least like we're getting this out in the preseason. Um, but I would he needs to step up this week. Um, they, the 49ers honestly is a big reason he got this contract in the first place is that game in the regular season last year with the Raiders and he'll be going up against them uh, in the preseason this week so uh, maybe he can um, you know pull out a little bit that uh, you know magic we saw from that Niners game last year but um, the next player I want to go over and talk about is a uh, defensive lineman Jonathan Harris who is now the starting defensive end um, according to the initial depth chart um, so he has the starting role um, in my opinion, I think he's under some uh, some pressure to put, perform at a high level with the starters this week to prevent guys like Matt Henningsen or even Elijah Garcia, you know, jumping, you know, making kind of like a three to one comeback and taking that spot from him. Um, so I think he's, he's got to prove himself a little bit this week. And uh, Jonathan Harris, some people have their questions with him being the starter entering the season. I've warmed up a little bit to it. I, I you know, I've voiced my opinion that I'm not the biggest fan of him. But with the options that we have at this point, he does look like one of the best uh, for that job. So um, it does make sense that he's above Ma uh, Matt Henningsen, given the you know vet experience, and he's more experienced in the system. Um, so, but if he doesn't play well and Matt Henningsen balls out, it'll probably make Sean Payton and Vance Joseph question the decision a little bit. Yeah, I think if I, I mean, it's really his job to lose. Yeah, um, I think Elijah Garcia is coming though. I think he's really coming for that job. I think he's really gaming for it. I think he's, I think he he knows that Jonathan Harris can lose it. Um, that I mean, we talked about. I think Matt Matt Hennickson too. I think he's. I mean, right now he's listed as the backup, but I feel like he can win it too. But I think I think it's really either going to be him, uh, Hennickson or Elijah Garcia that ends up with it. I think that because they're going to get, I mean, they're going to get more reps. You know what I'm saying? They're going to, you're going to see more out of them than Jonathan Harris, most likely. Unless Sean Payton is like, I want to see him playing against the, you know, keeping him out there longer than he did last game. But I mean, if I had to call it right now, I think either Elijah Garcia or Matt Henningsen is going to end up with that job by the time preseason's over. Ooh. I like The reason point. why Jonathan Harris is under pressure, in my opinion, is because of Elijah Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, had that great showcase. A great performance. I mean, I think Jonathan Harris' job might be on the line these two preseason games, even though he got listed the starter. It's just when you have a great game the way Garcia did, and he's also been having a great training camp, it's hard to just not dismiss it and just be, yeah, Jonathan Harris is a starter going into week one. These are the little position battles that actually matter, especially on the defensive line, so we'll see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I would had if I would have to guess, I say Jonathan Harris is going to be the starter, but it's going to be really close. And I don't think uh, I think it'll be like a big committee thing, though. I don't think you're going to see Jonathan Harris like out there majority snaps of the game. I think they're going to really try to work in Elijah Garcia and see if they can get something out of him. And then Matt Henningsen as well. Uh, last year he showed flashes of being a solid pass rusher, uh, pass rushing uh, defensive end. So um, I think they want to get a good look at him in year two and see if they can get a little bit of a jump uh, from him. Um, but he hasn't, according to reports, he hasn't had like the, the brightest offseason. I know people, uh, he was like, the projected starting defensive end, but um, Jonathan Harris has outperformed him a little bit. So we'll see these next two weeks. It's really a three-way uh, battle 
And like I said, Elijah Garcia just came down from three to one, man. Is a, um, I believe he's a, I think he's a rookie. No, no, no. He was with the Rams last year. So this is his second year in the NFL. So, um, uh, being with the, that Rams defensive line, he's got a little, uh, you know, knowledge, um, just a little <laughs> bit, uh, being on their practice squad majority of the season. So, um, I'm really excited to see if he can actually just turn out to be a starting defense defensive end for us and just be really, really good for us. So, um, I think he, if, even if he's not the week one starter, I think he could well, uh, very well, like take the starting job by like the bye week. Yeah. Um, so disagree. Jordan, Jordan, uh, what would you have for your next uh, Bronco who is under some uh, immense pressure this week? Another one I would miss out would be Albert O. I mean, at this point, he's not even fighting for a uh, starting tight end job. He's fighting for a roster spot. He really needs to show up and ball out on Saturday night. And I would not be surprised when these roster cuts come out and they cut down to 70 or so. Albert O might be one of the first ones. If he does not, you know, perform up to expectations, it's just, I don't want to say it's sad to see, but Abro had so much promise just a few years back. And then just the steady decline that he is, that he's had just not good. And I think he's one of those guys under pressure. Yeah, I would have to say, I mean, it's, it's kind of sad, but at the end of the day, I mean, I saw this coming for a while now, um, I mean, the injuries played a part of it, too, but then just his play when he was on the field. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, if a coach doesn't play you, a coach doesn't play you. But, I mean, the fact that you still have to work out from maybe even tight end five on the roster and you have to work your way up, I mean, and this is, I mean, like I said, I mean, we all know it's a brand-new coaching staff, so you got to impress. So they think of the tight end five. Like, that shows that, yeah, this guy really isn't all that. And I think it has to do with a lot of things, his hands – I mean, a lot of people – I saw, like, people be talking about his motor. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just not – it is what it is, man. It just – we missed. I think he was third-round pick, right? Fourth. Fourth. Yeah, I mean, obviously we wanted him to pan out. It just – it didn't happen. And now you got Trotman, Manhurts, and Dolchik. They're all especially over him. I can't remember who the five, the fifth guy – Nate Atkins, I think it was, was yeah. the guy listed over him too. So, I mean, you're tight in five, six, man. You're one of the first guys to go when it go when you're trimming yeah. from 90 to 75. Jordan hit it right on the money with that. You're one of the first guys to go. And I don't think Sean Payton is gonna lose any sleep, you know, letting him go. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really expect anything from him this week and the week after. Like, even in the <laughs> even in week one, I'm just being honest, man. In week one, they'd even they they barely even played it him. Yeah, like yeah. they're not giving him any chance to prove himself. Like and even when he does go out there, it doesn't look the prettiest. He gets out blocked by Nate Atkins. Um, Tommy Hudson's a better receiver, let's be honest. Um, and it, it, yeah, he just like it feels like every tight end on his depth chart, honestly, has outperformed him. It's sad to see he has so much potential, and he's a he's a freak athlete. Like he can he can do stuff out there and stretch the field, but like it just hasn't worked out. He hasn't really put it all together. Not to mention, he drops a lot of passes, and that is not good. Drops drops is not good at all. Like, that's another reason why. And then, you, then on top of that, he's not the best blocker. So, I mean, as a tight end, like, if you are if you can't really block and your hands are questionable, you're most likely a cut candidate every time. That's just yep. the truth. Yeah, he's getting out blocked by rookie undrafted free agent Nate Atkins out of South Carolina. And Nate Atkins has made more plays in the receiving game, by the way, so – um, it, it's just looking rough for him. When I was there at camp, he had like a really routine pass drop 
Um, and I, when I saw that, I was like, this is going to be a very rough next few months for Alberto. But yeah, I, I would have to agree with uh, Jordan. I think he's going to be one of the first cuts uh, when they start trimming down the <laughs> roster. Um, at this point, you want to see what you get more out of Tommy Hudson to see if he can make the practice squad. So um, that's just kind of my opinion. But any other Broncos uh, we left off the list uh, before we go ahead and cap off? Yeah, uh, I'm going to do one. Um, I'm going to say Delonte Hood. I think with him, I mean, going, I mean, I know he kind of took, you know, a lot of people got on him about the two plays. Um, and I know he, you know, wants to go back out there and make up for it. You know, he wasn't yeah. too happy about it himself. I mean, guys get beat. It happens. Um, but I think that, you know, it, it's a lot of eyes going to be on him and Tremont Smith later in the game because I think those are the two guys out on the field. It's going to be a lot of eyes on them. I, but I think, I think Delonte will kind of, you know, bounce back this week. I mean, he still, I think, led the team in tackles this week, didn't he? Yeah, so, I mean, that's something to look at. Um, but I do think he'll bounce back this week. I think I think he could be a very underrated guy that could make the roster. I know it'll be tough, but I think he still could. I think I think he still could. Yeah, no, me too. I think he can be one of those back-end guys too, especially with the speed. Yeah. Uh, hopefully just Saturday Crazy, night man. he showcases that speed and that explosiveness. He just has a better game on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, looking to see a little bit more discipline coverage and better technique a little bit. But um, overall, I think those are those are plays you you see out of corners, especially young corners. So um, I want to see him bounce back away, too. I don't think he had, like, at, as bad of a game as it's being made to see, you know, see by some people. Like, yeah. I saw some people in group chats that I was saying, like, who's his number 13? He's getting burned. Like, he had a few plays where he got got. Like, so, so do other corners. Um, if anything, you should be talking about number 23. But um, <laughs> regardless, both of those guys, uh, definitely, I'm, I think they'll have better games this week. That's my bold prediction. Even though the 49ers roster and receiving room is much better from top to bottom, I think they'll, I think they'll have better games. Um, but that is going to be it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. Let's get to 1K, guys. Come on. Keep running it up. Keep hitting the sub button. Keep turning on notification button. Make sure you guys are never missing an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. We are almost at our milestone. Uh, me and J Mac are talking a little bit about it. We want to hit 1K before the regular season. So let's make it happen. Let's keep pu uh, pushing for that milestone. Um, Broncos Avenue uh, until the moon. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, keep doing that. And then you guys as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I know we have a lot of listeners over there as well. So make sure you guys are hitting the follow button, leaving a five-star rating. That's the big thing you guys can do for us. So um, I really appreciate you guys as well. Um, and then right before I, I completely forgot about this, I wanted to open up the show with this. Uh, but I just want to express like my deepest condolences for the Alex Collins family. Um, I he yeah. unfortunately passed away uh, Sunday night, um, and it's just really tragic. And you know, um, all my condolences go out to his family. Um, a lot of people actually don't know this, but I used to live in Arkansas, so um, a lot of my friends in high school we, we used to always talk about Alex Collins and the Ravens, Seahawks. Um, and just a lot of those guys like running backs always coming out of Arkansas. We've had some good running backs that have come out of Arkansas. So, um, yeah, so he was someone that we often talked about in high school. And to see this at 28 years old, man, he couldn't make it to his 29th birthday. It's just really sad, man. So please um, send your prayers out to his family. Um, and we're, we're just mourning the loss of Alex Collins, man. Just gone way too soon. Yeah, same here. Um I want to just rest in peace, send my condolences to his family and his friends. I mean, it was crazy. Like, I, I I didn't, like, it came way out of left field. Like, I was not expecting to see that whatsoever. I mean, it, it's always tough seeing news like that. 
Um, I I don't know exactly what happened. I didn't see it nowhere what happened. Um, uh, but, just out of respect for him, we're not going to talk about yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, but it's sad though, man. I mean, he, like you say, he's only twenty eight. Like, and man, I saw some just trolls online, people talking. I mean, this guy. NFL for a minute. He's gonna most likely be back in the league. Like he was just in the league. He's gonna. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be back in the league at some point. It's just. It's really tough, man. We think about it. Yep. Prayers go out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, I'm your host Amir with my co-host J Mac and Jordan. Till the next one. Peace.